Hey there, I'm Christopher Schoenwald, and welcome to Life As A, a show intently focused on helping people find their professional pathway by exploring and unearthing the details of jobs from around the world. Sports fandom has always been a dominant force. Some would even argue that it is one of the most powerful forms of community building in that it, like no other endeavor, can gather people of varying race, creed, and socioeconomic status to band together and get behind a united cause. Now, detractors, or those who might try to minimize the significance of it all, might point out that these group rallying cries are kind of built on mounds of triviality, namely outcomes of games that are inconsequential when considering macro takes on life and living. However, our guest today is someone I'd suspect would take major issue with the downplaying of fandom. After hearing him speak and listening to his story, I'd surmise that you may too. All right, welcome to the show. So, Del Reed is a Buffalo, New York based entrepreneur, nonprofit founder, community builder extraordinaire, and super fan. Yeah, you heard that right, super fan. His company, 26 Shirts, is an enterprise based around selling limited edition Buffalo, New York themed t shirts. And here's the cool part for every shirt sold, a donation is made to a specified family in need or charitable organization. The donations are most often directed towards charitable organizations that support mental health and medical concerns or unexpected family emergencies for those in the community. And Dell has always had a passion for bringing people together to celebrate things that they share in common. Ironically, that is exactly what he has been doing on scale with this passionate following of an NFL football club, the Buffalo Bills. Reed and his efforts have resulted in him and his company helping to inspire Buffalo, New York residents to raise and donate nearly $1.5 million. That's right, $1.5 million towards charitable organizations. And to add to the story, and quite possibly the second coolest thing, is that Dell has also serendipitously established himself as a pseudo-fan godfather of this rabid NFL fan base. And get this. He was the one that launched the now unifying label for Bills fans from around the world, Bills Mafia. This moniker has now come to represent much more than just fandom. Rather, it refers to a group of people who, yes, tirelessly support the team, can be a bit crazy, might have jumped through a table or two, but also support each other and their community and even communities in other cities. Their social hashtag, Bills Mafia, has become just as much a rallying cry for their team as it has been for flash mob like social donations amounting to hundreds of thousands or even millions of dollars donated to utterly worthy charitable causes. So in noting all the above, Dell, I've really been looking forward to this conversation. Yeah, welcome to the show. How are you doing? Thanks for having me. Doing great. Yeah, yeah. Really excited to, to get into all of this. Yeah, why don't we? I'm conscious of your time. I do have the first segment lined up here. It's something called Coloring Wikipedia. And basically here, I just read off a definition of the guest profession. Do it for a couple of reasons. One kind of brings everybody up to speed on what it is that guest does. And then two, it's kind of a nice launching pad into the whole discussion. Sometimes Wikipedia is on, sometimes it's off. And uh, it just allows us to, uh, to explore the profession itself. So yeah, I have you down here for social entrepreneurship. And so I could just read that off and from there and get your thoughts. Does that sound all right? Sounds like a plan. All right. Here we go. Social entrepreneurship. 
So social entrepreneurship is an approach by individuals, groups, startup companies, or entrepreneurs in which they develop, fund, and implement solutions to social, cultural, or environmental issues. And this concept may be applied to a wide range of organizations, which vary in size, aim, and beliefs. For profit entrepreneurs, typically measure performance using business metrics like profit, revenues, and increases in stock prices. Social entrepreneurs, however, are either nonprofits or they blend for-profit goals with generating a positive return to society. Therefore, they use different metrics. Social entrepreneurship typically attempts to further broad social, cultural, and environmental goals often associated with the voluntary sector in areas such as poverty alleviation, healthcare, and community development. A bit of a mouthful. What, what do you think about that? I think it's pretty spot on as a social entrepreneur, right? They're still, you know, with a, having a, a for-profit business that is socially minded, you still have to be careful in terms of like your profit and your margins and stuff like that. But built into those margins, in our case, is the giving component. But so there's a lot of, you know, still got to be a grown up about it. Still got to crunch the numbers correctly. But I think that's uh, well done, Wikipedia. Well done. <laughs> they don't often get a pass. I'll tell you that. I mean, doing this for a little while now. So yeah, it's hit or miss really, to be honest. I'd imagine though, too, of course, you have the, the P&L statements and yeah, you're, you're a business. You got to keep things running. You have your, your own life to take care of and probably employees as well. But outside of that, too, I found what was interesting in that definition, like some of the other maybe metrics that you'd be looking at. And maybe within your model itself, you have notions of how, you know, you, these targets, like you want to raise so much money for maybe this charity or that charity. Is that how it sort of works within your operation? Or maybe you could correct me if I'm wrong there. Uh, yeah, with our operation, um, we we tend to rotate it every week with a new family, a specific family that we're helping. And then there are a couple longstanding charitable organizations that we, we support, you know, month after month, year after year. But yeah, so we're always trying to keep in touch with what's going on in the community and how we can help. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. I mean, in terms of your operation, there's so many unique elements to it all. You know what, what you do and what you just explained there. I guess like the release of these shirts that come out, and then they part of the proceeds go to some of these charities. In in your mind, or at least, what do you think? What makes twenty six shirts twenty six shirts? What makes it so unique as compared to, to other enterprises out there? Um, we put our our causes first, first and foremost. Like it's you know it's 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 there's a, there's a lot going on. We're because we're so similar to so many businesses that are out there, but at the same time we're so different. Yeah. Um, Every business consultant that I've worked with over the years, except for the most recent one, and, that, and probably because I told them in our first meeting, like, don't say this, but every business consultant that I've worked with has told us that we give too much, you know, that we have to be maximizing our profits and blah, 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 and all that kind of grown up business mumbo jumbo. But really, we exist to help. And you know, my original thought for this, what was going to be like a one-year community service project was to run it under a nonprofit umbrella. But the the lawyer I had at the time, and I've had some lawyers in years past now, have corroborated this opinion and I've had others say, nah, you didn't really have to. But the advice I had at the time was to not to do this under a nonprofit umbrella because when you're dealing with this much merchandise, it's going to be difficult in terms of taxes and stuff like that because it's like, really, you're mimicking a retail business. And if you're doing that, it's going to be, it'll be hairy with the state, right? Yeah. So technically we are a for-profit business, but our goals are to give as much as possible. I'm not trying to, to drive a nicer car, live in yeah. a bigger house, mm -hmm. go on vacations around the world or anything like that. Really, I just want to 
help the causes that we've identified as much as possible. My employees here, I want to compensate them as fairly as possible, if not more than that. I want because I want this to be somewhere where everybody leaves on Friday afternoon feeling refreshed, not exhausted. Um, yeah. So we really put people first, and that's such a that's such a pie in the sky corporate thing to say, but we really do put people first. We want to help the causes and the people mm-hmm. that are in this business with me. I want to support them as much as possible as well. Yeah, yeah. From the outside looking in, I'm, I'm guessing that's a major reason for much of your success. I'd be curious to hear what, what you think about that as well. I mean, like you said, it's one thing to say it, but it's another to actually do it. And not only those within your your company, but I think within the community at large, Western New York community recognizes this as well, perhaps. What, what would you say to that? Yeah, I hope so. I, I hope so. I mean, th- this is not a gimmick for us. Like, we're not trying to support families. We're not trying to give just so that people buy the shirts. The shirts are the means to the end. And I always joke that if I could sell hammers to, to help families, I'd sell hammers. Just t-shirts are more engaging and more fun. And it's, you know, there's only so many different kinds of hammers you can sell, right? But yeah, I, we've, you know, I think anybody who has followed us, you know, closely or maybe even from afar, uh, they can see that you know, we're authentic. I'm authentic in, in yeah. terms of what I'm trying to accomplish with this business. I'm not trying, like I said, I'm not trying to build an empire. I'm just trying to, the only way I know how to help people is with coming up with corny t-shirt designs. And sometimes they, sometimes it works, right? Yeah. So I think it's important to be authentic. It, the giving yeah. isn't a gimmick. It's not a means to an end. The giving is the end. For us. Yeah. Yeah. And that's exactly what I want to kind of draw out here is just that. Cause I think, again, I think that's what everybody picks up on. And I think that's what a big part of what fuels your success again, from an outsider's perspective, sort of segueing into the, the t-shirts themselves uh, for listeners who don't know the, the, the shirts themselves are themed and oftentimes they're, they're tied into what's going on, the mood, the sentiment, you know, events that are taking place within the community. Maybe you could speak to that a little bit really quickly as well. Yeah, so I've always been a big t-shirt nerd ever since I was a little kid. All I ever wanted to wear was, you know, as my mom called them, novelty tees. So that's always been my interest. Um, I, for years, there's these daily t-shirt websites like Woot. Another one is called Ripped Apparel. And I always enjoy going there like every day looking, hoping I don't like what, <laughs> hoping I don't like what is actually <laughs> right. on the website. Because if I like it, I'm going to have to buy it, right? And yeah, yeah. Explain to my wife why I have a, a, the 1700th <laughs> shirt that's been delivered this month. But that's always been like uh, a, a, a passion of mine. So the idea that we were able to, you know, to, to marry that with something that, you know, with our fandom for a football team, we yeah. meaning Buffalo, the love that we have for the football team, the hockey team, the region in general, just ways to celebrate that in a way that gives back to that, that same community is something that has been kind of important to push you. behind all of this. Yeah, for sure. And yeah, that's, yeah, it's important to me. Mm. Okay. All right. Well, I would kind of like to to segue into a new segment here, a Q&A discovery. We can just kind of continue this back and forth. And in this line of conversation we have right now, maybe we could dive into your past a little bit. I understand that before you started 26 Shirts, you were in actually IT for a while. Now, at some point, of course, this, you know, this notion of altruism, and then also your fandom collided and in essence, sort of gave birth to what we have now in 26 years. But maybe you could share a bit of that backstory and, and how things came to be. Yeah. So I worked at, at uh, Roswell Park, which is a, a cancer hospital here in Buffalo, the nation's first cancer hospital, a <laughs> designated uh, yeah. comprehensive cancer center in the, in the United States. I worked there for almost 14 and a half years before doing beginning to do this full time. But 
just uh, I always and this will probably work into my words of wisdom later on today or when we, when we talk about that. But sure. um, the words of wisdom segment, I should say, for anybody who's listening for the first time, I'm not just saying, hey, I'm going to drop you some words of wisdom. <laughs> <laughs> so for first time listeners, right? But yeah. um, no, but I've always been like I said, I've always really been into the, the whole T-shirt thing, like I was saying before. And I've always had like this affinity for screens, <laughs> I guess is the best way to put it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, since I was a little kid. I think I was in second grade or third grade. My parents bought a Texas Instruments computer. Uh, I fell in love with, with that using basic programming, learning that as, as the months went by since Christmas and everything. And um, just really falling in love with computers in general, at least for a time, right? And then, I, you know, the passion kind of left for me, but I was always good at it. So I could always make it work, right? And so I figured because it was, even though now years, you know, down the path, even though I wasn't quite as passionate for computers as I was, I felt like, well, this is what I'm good at. So this must be what I'm supposed to do. For mm-hmm. um, and that was a, a learning experience for me. It's just because you're, you're equipped to do something doesn't mean you have to be doing it for your life. It's about what are you passionate about? You know, I've always been passionate about helping people however, you know, however I can. A lot of it comes from, from my faith, you know, as, as a believer, I feel like, you know, uh, who, who much is given, much is expected, that kind of, mm-hmm. you know, thing. So getting back to the screens, always kind of, a, you know, into screens or whatever. So when smartphones arrived and I've always been a passionate Bills fan, I was grew up in Western New York. Anybody who grew up around here understands like you're a Bills fan. If you're born here, you're a Bills fan. It's a DNA thing. It's in the water. You drink it, you're a Bills fan. Yeah. Um, and, and so I discovered Twitter in 2008. Back then it was almost all just tech guys. At least my experience is all I could find with people talking about like, latest version of windows or talking about linux or web development or something and it wasn't until about a year after i discovered it that actually like nfl type discussions started happening on there Mm -hmm. and i was kind of like finally this is what i've been waiting for somebody to talk to about how terrible the bills are (laughs) (laughs) that time probably pretty bad right i need people i can commiserate with right you know yeah um, yeah outside of just the dudes i work with every day so anyways yeah so that happened and immediately i i you know i fell in love with just social media in general, being able to share just you know ideas and, and and passions with people you don't even know, but you share that with right. them. Um, the joke was always made back in the day that on Facebook, it's all the people that you know in real life and can't stand. And Twitter was all the people you've never met but loved. Because you were all, <laughs> it wasn't focused on, and that's not fair to anybody who's friends with me on Facebook. Don't take it personal, just, to, you know, but no, um, but it's always, because Facebook has always been a representation of your real life relationships. Right. And Twitter was always a representation of, people you share interests with around the world. And, and so as, as that kind of grew with, you know, Bill's fandom and being able to talk to other fans and everything, it's just kind of like all, what's the word, I'm over, steamrolled for this me, mm-hmm. for, in this for me. So like, I just realized that there was a way to marry my passion with what I was good at. And yeah. what I was good at didn't have to masquerade as my passion, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, totally. You know. Okay. All right. Well, this might be a nice point as well to kind of segue into the other half of this conversation, which is this labeling of Bill's Mafia. <laughs> like I said, off the top, pretty cool story there. No, no, no doubt. Yeah. I mean, maybe you could share a little bit more about that. I'm sure you're kind of on that track anyway, or you just were. So how did Bill's Mafia come about, by the way? I'll do my best to keep the story short because it can, it can get pretty long okay. involved. We'll, we'll if I, if I choose to go down. Yeah. yeah. Instead of going over every single detail. Right. But yeah. Um, so in 2010, Stevie Johnson dropped a pass against the Pittsburgh Steelers in overtime. The team had started 0-8 this, that year, ended up finishing 4-4, but people were still just as passionate for the team at 0-8 as they were at 0-0 in week one because that's just how 
Well, Western New Yorkers roll. Exactly. So they're playing the Pittsburgh Steelers, a perennial playoff team. It seems ironic saying that because we're recording this just after they <laughs> built the Steelers by like 35 points. Off, yeah. So that was not something that was a regular happening uh, right. back in 2010. Stevie Johnson drops the pass in overtime, goes on Twitter that night, and basically, I don't know if he blamed God, but he questioned God in his tweet. And Twitter was so new back then, it felt like everything that was happening was happening for the first time. So, yeah. you know, you've got a, a prominent ath- uh, professional athlete who is basically questioning his faith publicly on social media, ended up making the rounds around uh, the news that evening and talk shows the next day. Bills fans, as they are known to do, kind of rally around him, especially since he just scored three touchdowns the week prior against the Cincinnati Bengals in a comeback win. And uh, basically t- tell him to keep his head up and, you know, stay strong, all that stuff. And then you go fast forward to the next day and Adam Schefter retweets it. And for anybody that follows the NFL, they know that all information comes through Adam Schefter. Like yeah. most of the time when you're hearing something for the first time, it's either through him. The breaking news. Chris Moore, is... The breaking news, yeah. yeah or him, Chris Mortensen, maybe one or two other, but he is like the main information dispenser when it comes to NFL yeah. fandom, right? So the fact that he was retweeting this like a, a day later, which in Twitter time is like two weeks later, it, it felt kind of like he was kind of like rubbing our nose in it. And just Bill's fans being oversensitive. I'll be totally right. honest. He's right, totally right, right. oversensitive. And basically, we started making fun of Adam Schefter for sharing something that we had been, you know, basically living through the past 18 hours. And, um, we, one of my Bills Mafia co-founders, as it would turn out to be, Breon, made a hashtag called Schefter Breaking News. And we were all using that hashtag and trying to outdo each other with funny things that happened <laughs> in the past. And, you know, it was like, you know, President Kennedy shot hash, hashtag Schefter Breaking News, yeah. you know, stuff like that. Fun, Ends up yeah. going, yeah, man discovers fire, hashtag Schefter Breaking News. <laughs> and, and so Adam Schefter apparently didn't find it as funny as we all did. And I always tell people too, I promise we weren't being nasty. Like Twitter now is there's a lot of vitriol and people yeah. are so nasty with each other. It, was it wasn't different. like that. Yeah, well, it was like a softer, kinder, gentler Twitter, right? right? right. But for as far as I can tell, nobody was super nasty with him. Nobody's swearing, calling him yeah. names. He ends up blocking a bunch of us. And <laughs> it just felt like a gross <laughs> you know reaction. Right. Yeah. It was like, to my knowledge, it was the first time I was ever first time I was ever blocked by somebody. Yeah. Um, but so it was just a us like a tongue-in-cheek reference i said i you know a few months later i called us the bills mafia um basically referencing those of us that had been blocked and it was a one-off tweet that i thought was going to be like tweet it and forget it right and it just for the months that followed just continued to to gain steam and become more and more popular and well-known among bills fans and then players started using it and stevie johnson himself started using it which is kind of you know, full circle, right? And you know, it just it blew just up. grew and grew. It yeah, yeah, it blew up, and people knew who started it. And uh, because back then Twitter was so small, I felt like I knew every <laughs> that was on Twitter. Now, <laughs> forget it. Um, but it just it, it grew to the point where we realized this was something that we could probably do something with. You know, yeah. and so Brian reached out to me and said, "What should we do? Something here?" And you know, you'll find this is a common theme. My thought was, I don't know, maybe we can make T-shirts. So I said, what if we took the Twitter bird and we put a red slash on it? And because it was all at that time, Bill's Mafia was just a subset of Bill's fans on Twitter. That was it. Mm-hmm. And I said, we could put it on a shirt and, you know, whatever. Maybe people have fun with that. And we decided early on, whatever money we made from those shirts, we would give to charity. Um, yeah. We were all gainfully employed. None of us were trying to, you know, 
do any that yeah. we were yeah we were trying to capitalize on it. We were just having fun with it. Like holy cow, you know, yeah. Bills players and Bills fans are enjoying this this funny term yeah. that grew out of you know something we did on Twitter, and let's just enjoy this and ride it. You right, know, right. And it grew and grew and grew. You know, now you fast forward 10, 11 years, and now it's the name yeah. of the fan base, and oh, every yeah. NFL pundit knows that Bills fans are Bills Mafia, and yeah. most Bills fans accept that moniker and celebrate it. So much has happened. Right. A lot <laughs> of different things, you know, for, for the fandom right, yeah. and for a lot of the other things outside of the, you know, off the field as well, which yeah. maybe we can kind of get into right now, really kind of cool stuff too. I, again, I think it's this group rallying cry that brings people together. And there's two stories in particular that really stand out to me in, in following this club as well for, for a number of years. And one was when, you know, we, we went through this stretch where we weren't getting in the playoffs for, for a number of years, 17, in fact. And then finally, they were gloriously ended. And afterwards, there was something amazing that transpired there. And this Bills Mafia thing ties into it all. And the second thing here that maybe you could share is that the star quarterback's grandmother had passed away and... Again, Bills fans rallied around the sense of community and a lot of outpouring and this notion of Bills Mafia and, again, did something just amazing. I was hoping that maybe you could kind of uh, fill listeners in on both of those stories, just brief sort of overviews, if you will. Yeah, and those are just really two examples of exactly. those so are many two. of these. Yeah, just right. these, so many of these donation drives um, yeah. that have happened as a result of something happening on the football field and it affects yeah. something in the real world. So. Yeah, so the first one that you alluded to was Andy Dalton's touchdown pass that he threw to Tyler Boyd to beat the Ravens in almost – well, it was in overtime. It was at the very end of the game, very dramatic fashion. The Bills had to win. They had to beat Miami, and then they had to have the, the Bengals beat the Ravens in order to get that final playoff spot yeah. uh, and break the drought, which became one of the defining yeah. elements of the, the team in, in general. It's just this – yeah. I don't know if it was an NFL record drought, but it sure felt, it sure felt it like sure it. Felt like it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, for years. I remember Howard Simon on local radio saying, oh, they're about to hit double digits. It's going to be 10 years. And then next thing you <laughs> know, it's 17 years. Um, yeah, it was becoming a sad so, part of the identity of, of the whole it, thing, wasn't it? Oh, it really was. Yeah, it really yeah. was becoming part of the identity. And so that whole, you know, Andy Dalton throws that touchdown pass. Suddenly the the bills are going to the playoffs thanks to a fourth and i think fourth and 12 or whatever like the crazy odds touchdown right that that happened and a bills fan uh in grand island nebraska not new york grand island nebraska kevin ends up coming up with this idea like i just donated 17 dollars to andy dalton's foundation i'm encouraging other bills fans to, to do that as well and people started retweeting it and then i saw it and retweet did the same and retweeted it 17 dollars for the 17 years of the drought and it took off and ended up raising like almost like half a million dollars or over half a million dollars or something ridiculous. And it's pretty cool. I had the opportunity later that year to actually meet Kevin and everything and him and his family and oh, great yeah. people. And it's, it, was, it was really cool, you know? And that was, that was kind of the, the first real donation drive that happened with something happening on the field that I on recall. Scale, Maybe there's something less. before that. Yeah. And it just absolutely exploded. And since then, there's been so many times where something happens um, and I'll touch on the Josh Allen one in a moment, uh, like you mentioned. But like just recently, Micah Hyde, Bills star safety, turns out he was injured. He's out for the year. Bills fans all donated $23 to his nonprofit, uh, Imagine for Youth. Um, there was another time Lamar Jackson got injured against the Bills uh, in a playoff game. And Bills fans, even though he didn't play for the Bills, it wasn't something that you know 
affect, I mean, I guess him going out certainly did affect the Bills. They, they ended up winning that game. But just to show support because we're like players are players. It's a fraternity, you know, to support him. He went to Louisville for college and there was a charity there, you know, stuff, backpacks and everything for, for kids. Did a huge donation drive for, for them in Lamar Jackson's honor. Uh, there's there's some there's a, there's a, a, a women and children's shelter in Tennessee. The Bills fans got pissed off because <laughs> Tennessee Titans fans uh, employed bots to fix a uh, best fans poll in the off season oh, by Fox okay, Sports. Right, right, right. Silly, right? You know, yeah. so many of these. There's there's more I can mention, but the the second one that you mentioned there was in the 2020 season. Josh Allen Bills beat the the Seattle Seahawks. Turns out fans found out after the game Josh Allen's grandmother had just passed away. And started donating $17 each, this time not for the playoff drought, but for his jersey number. And I always thought it was kind of ironic that, like, yeah, the right. next quote unquote Jim Kelly is wearing 17. You know, it's kind of, even though he's not the one that broke the drought, it's just kind of funny how that number keeps playing mm. in the Bills history. Mm. But uh, $17 per donation was going to the Oshai Children's Hospital, which was the, basically the charity of choice of Josh Allen that he's chosen to support in his time here in Buffalo. And over a million dollars was raised, and so much other stuff has happened yeah. since then, born out of that effort by Bills fans. I mean, Bills fans, we love the team, and we we, we cheer them on, and we're sad when they lose, and it affects yeah. our lives, our emotional state of being. <laughs> yeah. But it's really like it's so much more the, the the Bills' performance on the field, the Bills themselves. It's so much more than just you know their their standings that week in the NFL yeah. or how many championships they're able to win so far zero, hopefully one at the end of this year. Um, but just all that, that on-field performance, they are more than that. They are, they're the community. They have a Buffalo on the side of their helmet. The city, yeah. I, every, every other business you see here in Buffalo has a Buffalo as their corporate logo. It, it seems like, it, you yeah. know, just because like, that's how we identify ourselves. Yeah. And um, so we support stuff that happens with the bills and then, you know, the, the Sabres as well. Like, Stuff happens. Our love for our community is expressed in our fandom for those teams. Is expressed in our love for the community. Like there's no, yeah. there's no beginning it's and biotic, end. When it comes really, to stuff. exactly. Yeah, yeah. And they, there's, so there's no beginning. There's no end when it comes to our, our love for the teams and our love for our community. You meet somebody from Buffalo, chances are they're probably born in Buffalo. It's not a huge transplant city. It's not like D.C., Charlotte, right. places in Texas. You know, yeah. people that live here have lived here. Their families have lived here. We have a lot of yeah. community. We have a lot of civic pride. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I think that's what's really beginning to shine. And I think like the rest of the country and even outside of the country as well, people are starting to recognize that through a lot of these endeavors and what's been taking shape. That has really truly become the identity of that region, I would say. And uh, it's what makes it special, I suppose, is, is just that, you know, and I kind of referenced this off the top where following a, a team or getting into sports that deeply and having it affect your day. You know, some people might say, well, this is ridiculous. What are you doing? You're wasting your time. Well, no, I wouldn't, I wouldn't see it that way, you know, and just off you know, the, the conversation we just had and what you're just speaking about right there kind of evidences it right there in terms of the value that it can really bring, you know, outside of just these games, there's all this other ancillary sort of things that are taking place or taking shape and affecting people's lives in a positive manner. So yeah, I think there's there's something to be said for that. And I might be going off on a limb here, but I think part of this too, like it's timing, certainly a timing issue as well. But like this labeling of Bill's Mafia at that time, when it came about, maybe it was just like this perfect storm. 
but I think it became this, this sort of like rallying sort of cry and it brought this group together. It was always, the community was already there, but I think this helped solidify it, you know? And I think you played a big part in a lot of that. I'm not saying that any of these things wouldn't have happened without this labeling, but I think it's been amplified by it. Perhaps you know, curious to hear what you might think of that. Yeah. The community has always been there. Right. And I, I always yeah. say if it wasn't Bill's mafia, it was going to be something else, some right. banner that Bill's fans were going to, rally under because it's not new like this love for our team it's not new right um i'm not the first generation you know my kids aren't the second generation whatever to to have this it's something that's passed down generation to generation um it's a you know to be honest with you it is kind of crazy and weird and it's an honor to be a footnote maybe in the buffalo bills history just in terms of like (laughs) with the 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 creation of bill's mafia and you know brie and leslie and everything but yeah i don't know it's uh there's a lot of pride and there's something to be said that this basically happened after a four and 12 season it wasn't like a bunch of bandwagoners like oh what are we going to call ourselves with this team that's fantastic and we all we're all attaching ourselves to it no no we're here it used to be a joke like the bills were a sentence you know you're born in buffalo and your sentence is that you're a fan of the <laughs> right. bills be, because they're there they had such a long stretch of you know ineptitude right but like it, but really it's it's a it's a blessing, you know, to be able to, to root for this team, even even when they're not, they're not doing well. Even you know, it's because of everything I touched on before. Yeah. Um, the community, it, it, community is such a big part of Western New York, and Buffalo is called the city of good neighbors for a reason, you know. And I have all these different Bills fans that I've met over the the past ten or eleven years through Bills Mafia, and we probably disagree on a bunch of different things politically and different faiths, different ethnicities, different socioeconomic background, like everything you can think of, every kind of representation of a person and what they believe in, what they think is there as a Bills fan, right? And some people I probably have nothing in common with except for we love the Buffalo Bills. And that love that we have is expressed into the community now through these different efforts to help the community, help people in the community. So. No, I'm just, I'm very proud to to be a part of, of that. Not as somebody who started Bill's Mafia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I said, this stuff was this fandom was here. This this giving spirit has always been here. Um, I'm just proud to be a part of it. That's it. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. And the coolest thing too is it, it's extended out, as you said earlier in the conversation. It's not just within Western New York. I mean, this this sort of moniker it applies now across the nation, and it even applies outside of the country as well. Fans abroad have adopted this as well. You know, hell, I mean, I'm based in Japan. I've been a fan for years and years. I've gone through the droughts. I've done all of it, but over in the UK and elsewhere too. I mean, it's, it's something, mm-hmm. right? But on the other hand, now part of the story here, I know it hasn't always been, you know, uh, lollipops and gumdrops in terms of this relationship with the Bills. In fact, I do know that at one point, once this Bills Mafia thing started taking off, you know, you have this multi-billion dollar corporation in essence that is seeing this. And like any organization of that size, they want control. They want control of their brand, their image, all of this stuff. And there was a time there where it was getting a little bit hairy, maybe ruffling a few feathers within the Bills organization that this Bills Mafia thing is taking off. They didn't own it. You know, maybe you could share a little bit about what was going on there and and how things did resolve themselves in the end. Yeah. So the early days, um, you know, somebody else owned the team. Uh, Different people were running the team at that time they, they weren't and i and i get it like, especially when this was like we were just like a, a a niche group of fans within a larger niche group of fans that were on twitter right so you know it didn't seem like they were too crazy about the term and i get it i, I you know i understand what, that some people have you know aren't don't have glowing reviews of the term bills mafia but it wasn't something that 
it was organic. It, we weren't trying to yeah. create something. We weren't trying to start a new brand. We weren't none of that. Yeah. It was just a, a joke. It took off. People thought it was funny. We rallied behind it, and it became yeah. an identity. But in the early days, you know, under previous administrations and stuff like that, they would, you know, a player would tweet something with Bills Mafia, and they would actually like retweet it manually and take out the word Mafia and say Bills fans. So it wasn't something that you know was always like warmly received by by right. the administration. Like I said, uh, when the Pagulas took over. It seemed like they were much more in tune with the fan base, and as a you know, as as the term grew among the fan base, you know they they're accepting of it, and now they've themselves adopted the term, and they understand. I've always said mafia means family. You know, we weren't out trying to put hits on people. It was you know something we're right. always kind of played into that aspect. We're not. Jer- I mean, look at look what Bills fans have done over the past ten years in terms yeah. of raising the money and everything. We're not jerks, exactly. you know. Yeah, so I, I would say that the, the previous ownership, the, you know, the leadership and at that time wasn't really interested in it. They thought it was cool that people were engaged with their love for the team and they're expressing it in some way, but it's never really been like contentious with them or anything mm-hmm. like that. In 2020, when they decided that they were going to officially adopt the term, you know, they reached out to me and said, Hey, this is what we're, we're thinking of doing and everything. And they involved me and I made a, you know, as many times as I met with them, mm-hmm. I made a point of stressing. It's about community. It's about family. Yeah. You know, these are the things that it's not, a, it's not a, you know, we didn't create the term to become some marketing buzz thing. We weren't trying to, yeah. like I said, offend people. We weren't trying to exploit people through. Yeah. yeah. It's just, it's, and they, they understood. Like I, you know, had the opportunity to, you know, meet with uh, Kim Bagula briefly in one of those meetings. And she said, I totally get it. I understand it's family. And that's something that we believe in. And that's something that we try to push or we try to not even push, but like we try to, incorporate is it's we're family and i think they were using at the time like one family or something like was right, kind of like their terminology yeah. they're using so they've always understood that you know from the jump they've been accepting and or you know the, the pagulas and i like i said i even have a contention with with you know ralph wilson's administration or wherever that you know just trying to explain the timeline but they've always the pagulas even you know with the sabers they, they they've shown they want to be engaged with the fans and what the fans are thinking and they've really mm-hmm. had that mindset so yeah, so I guess that's my story. You know what I mean? It's, it's been not, it's been anything but contentious. And mm-hmm. they've been, the past couple of years, especially, they've been, they've been gracious on a lot of fronts with, with all of this. Now, mm-hmm. they're obviously, they're going to take it directions they want to take it. And who am I, you know, yeah. to, to say, this is how you need to represent your yeah, team. Yeah, hold on a you second. Know what I mean? like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I didn't sign but, off um, on this one. Wait a minute. <laughs> yeah, well, exactly. Yeah, exactly. And I, yeah, I understand how that all works. And yeah. Um, yeah. Like I said, it's, like I said earlier, like, not for nothing, but like it's kind of cool to be a footnote yeah, on nah. Wikipedia. Like, like in the in the write up on Wikipedia, touching on that from earlier. Like, our names are on there. It's kind of cool, right? Like, we're, we've played a part in the history of the Buffalo Bills. It's, it's yeah. Cool. And as a fan of the, the club, I mean, yeah, nothing cooler than that. And to, to add to all the other stuff we were just speaking about as well, I think you know, at least again from an outsider's perspective, I would say, I mean, there's there's some definite influence there in terms of bringing it all together and I think helping amplify some of these charitable causes as well. So I think there's, there's that too. Maybe you could add into that as well, but yeah. And they've done a really good job. If I could speak to one more thing, they've done a really good job with seven, one, six day, July 16th, the past yeah. couple of years, they've done this, this fundraising effort, really like leveraging how much people in Buffalo and people connected to Buffalo love to give and support Buffalo. Um, yeah. they, I think they've done an amazing job with their give seven, one, six day. And you can pick a different charity that you want to support for that day. And then they have incentives like t-shirts and different things that, you know, forever how much you, you donate to these different causes. I mean, if that's not understanding, then I don't know yeah. what is. So, yeah, exactly. 
All right. Well, I do want to sort of shift into another segment here, and we've kind of been exchanging stories a little bit, but maybe you've got one more for us for this water cooler story segment. And usually here, I just ask guests to indulge listeners with a story relating to the talk or to their profession. And uh, I'd love to hear what you've got for us today, Dale. Yeah. So I'm 46. All right. So when the Bills were going to the Super Bowls in the early 90s, that was my sophomore, junior, senior year of high school, then my freshman year of college. So you have, you know, Thurman Thomas, Jim Kelly, Andre Reed, Bruce Smith. These guys were like Oh, the greats. Yeah. They were they were right they were up there. You know, I mean they were Hall of Famers. Being able to yeah, all, all Hall of Famers, being able to see these guys, cheer for them, all that stuff. Yeah, I don't want to say, I don't want to say they were like gods because that's the wrong word to use, but they were on a pedestal, right? So they were, I mean, these guys were Thurman Thomas, you know, league MVP. I think it was the 92 mm-hmm. season, 91 season, 92 season, all those things. So fast forward now. Okay. So I grew up watching these guys, kind of idolizing these athletes. A couple of years into the 26 shirts effort, which grew out of Bill's Mafia, uh, a couple of years after Bill's Mafia started, one year service project was going to be just that. And it just turned into, you know, my vocation now. I had the opportunity, reached out to Thurman Thomas. Um, hey, there's this guy that we're, we're going to be helping. He's got brain cancer. Huge fan of yours. We would love to do a shirt about you to support him. Yeah. Um, Thurman says, yeah, man. Um, and I said, hey, okay, one more ask, Thurman. Um, thank you for signing off on it. Can you, would you mind modeling the shirt for us? And one of those like say no more things, you know? Yeah, come on. Here's here's my address. Here's where I live. Come on out. We'll do a photo shoot. And so, so you have this guy, you know, this is, now this is back. That was like in 2015 or 16 or something like that. Yeah. But maybe it was like 2014. Holy cow. It was a lot, I don't know. All these went together. I'm old. But like, so I grew up idolizing this guy and now I'm on his back deck looking at him through a viewfinder on a camera, yeah. like taking yeah. a picture of him in a, a shirt. To, like, it was just, Wild. it was insane. It, it was crazy. You know, and just like, well, yeah. is, is this even happening? Like you normally, if you put yourself in that situation, you assume, okay, and now I'm going to get arrested because I'm on this guy's, you know, like scenario I could think of was like, if I snuck in, it was, you know what I mean? It's crazy. Right, right, but he invited right. us in, you know, we, like I said, we took photos and everything. Super gracious. He promoted it the whole time. That was, it was awesome. We, we hung out for a little bit afterwards. We were chatting with his wife, Patty, who was an absolute sweetheart. Yeah. Just they, that, that's, that's, that's my story. I probably got a couple others. When, when, like that's my knee jerk reaction. When somebody asked me like, yeah, what's the yeah. one story, what's the one thing that's happened that you just you, kind of blows your mind. Like that blows my mind. Go to Thurman Thomas's house. And yeah. yeah how can that not? Like you said, I mean, these, these players were almost like a godlike status within the community back in the day. And, mm-hmm. you know, during those formative years growing up, being younger, watching that team play. Yeah. I, I can definitely see that. I mean, he was one of my favorites as well growing up. So yeah, I can only imagine what that must've felt like. And I think too, maybe this, this speaks to something else as well that like, this this whole thing, this old Bills Mafia and, you know, what you've been doing with 26 shirts as well, like people within the community certainly are aware of it. And it doesn't extend to just like, you know, Bill and Joe on the street. Like this is extending out to like the organization. They know players, current players, former players like you yourself have become a bit of a known item as well. In that sense, I'm sure a lot of these people are aware of your efforts. And that's why maybe even Thurman Thomas himself was like, yeah, sure. I'd love to do this. Like there's legitimacy to what you're doing and it kind of speaks to it in that sense too. I'm guessing at least. Yeah. So weird. (laughs) It's so weird. Gratifying also in the same sense, if you, if you are able to kind of like zoom out a little bit here and kind of like take this macro look at it all, that yeah, I mean, there is some recognition going on there, Dell. I think it's it's yeah, it's, it's all I can say is it's so weird. Like, I, like I'm, I grew up a Bills fan, like everybody else in Western New York. 
I, you know, love them no more, no less than other Bills yeah. fans. Like even you'd say the, ter- the term super fan at the outset there. Like I'm not really crazy about that term because hmm. Bills Mafia, like we're all super fans. Some of us dress up like Poncho did or like, you know, other, you know, different characters among the fan base, Elvis and stuff. But a lot of us don't. But yeah. just because somebody dresses up like Elvis or or Pancho did or, or or whomever like the chefs and stuff like they're not a bigger fan than no. the person sitting next to them just because they got an outfit like I'm not I'm not belittling them at all, at all. I'm just saying yeah. like that that fandom is all the same so just because I'm I came up with a, a clever hashtag accidentally and just you know it's, it's grown and I've had the opportunity to do good things with it I'm not yeah. a bigger fan than anybody else you know yeah. so when people say like hey Del Reed, can I get a picture you know I used to be like really weird about it you know um be like, uh, I guess so if you want, but now I'm like, yeah, let's do it. Just because like, it, it's not about me. They're, it, they want a picture with me because they love the team and I love yeah. the team. And just, it's just an expression. You know, I mean, it's not, it's not even about me. It's not about me. And so once you realize that all this stuff, like none of it's about me, it's about the love for the team. It's about the right. love for the region. You know, it's, it's, it's it, like I said earlier, it's an honor to, to, to be, to play this role that I play in yeah, this fandom, yeah. which is still think- weird. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I, I can see that. And I think I'd like to circle back as well to kind of like when we started this conversation off on notions of authenticity and sincerity. And I think in in what you do at 26 Shirts and in how you carry yourself and some of your thoughts and feelings. And I think people pick up on that and it, it shows. It's what I'm trying to get out of here, I suppose. We do have one last segment here, and I'd like to squeeze that in if we could. And it's something called a crystal ball segment. And here, usually looking at trans predictions, so on and so forth. But in terms of this evolution of Bill's Mafia and what it could be moving forward, you know, when we know what it's done, we've spoken to that already in terms of charitable organizations and some of these drives and whatnot. How do you see it manifesting itself moving forward? Do you think there's different avenues that they can go down or I don't know? What what do you see in the next few years? Yeah, no, that's a good question. And I feel like what do you see happening in the future? I feel like it's kind of happening. Like I like I mentioned before, the seven one six giving day, the, yeah. the, the PSE, you know, Google Sports Entertainment. I believe that's who I should be crediting because um, I think it was just the Bills because the Sabers are involved as well. So I'll credit PSE. Um, I think it's great. I love that they have taken the notion of Bills fans loving on their community financially in ways that support the community tangibly. I love that they've taken that to the next level and they've you know basically said like, listen, you don't have to just support Oshai. You don't have to just support you know, uh, the poncho packs effort for teacher's desk, just because that's what whomever started it was passionate about at that time. Like right. support, who, you know, support who you want, how you want, like, you know, or however much you want, you know, and we'll support you in it. I think that's fantastic. Just the idea of, again, just the community, the bills represent the community. And, you know, like you said, some people may belittle that how much, you know, we get invested in what happens on the field and how much we love the team, but like, Really, the team is, in a lot of ways, an avatar just for our love for Western New York. And I, I'm just, I'm really happy that it's, it's gone this way. Because you look at other, you know, fan bases, I'm not going to name specific ones, but they're known for things that are, you know, they're not known for doing good. They're not known for, yeah. for hope that we, as Bills fans, kind of set the example for every fan base, mm. every, for every sport. I, I would love for that to be something where, like, if you're a, Tampa Bay Rays fan that you want to support the t- you know your love for the team through charitable giving in Tampa or something like that. Yeah, um, I try to think of the most obscure 
random team I could <laughs> as unrelated to the Bills as possible. But like that's something I'm I'm so proud of because yeah, marrying these yeah. two sort of ideals together, these two passions, sport, and then also sort of giving and and you know thinking of others mm-hmm. in some way, bringing them together in, in in a way that has impact or can create impact. Because yeah, I mean I've never been rich, <laughs> I've never owned lots of things, but I, I the stuff that I've owned in my life, the stuff that I've you know, whenever my bank account has been healthier than at other times, like that's nice, but like, that's not fulfillment. Like having a bunch of stuff isn't fulfillment, helping somebody in a terrible situation. That's fulfillment, at least for me. And I'm not here to speak for everybody else, but it seems like a lot of people seem to agree with me in terms of how they've expressed their love for the team through their charitable giving. Cause that's what it is. It's all about, I can't imagine, like, I just thought of this now, like I, if you know, I don't want to jinx it. If the Bills were to win the Super Bowl, I can't imagine like the giving opportunities that might even happen. Like, you know what? The Bills just won the freaking Super Bowl. Yeah. We're all giving what, the Super Bowl 40, 57, 57. Yeah. We're all giving $57 to XYZ. You know what I mean? There or give $57 to whatever charity you want. Yeah. And let's, you know what I mean? It's just that's the reaction that gets elicited from, from Bills fans. So I, yeah. I'm totally spouting off now. I apologize. And, Right. No, no, no. I think that's great. I think it symbolizes much of the talk that we've had today is, you know, like what you just said, if they ever did win that Super Bowl, and hopefully they do knock on wood here. Um, you know, what you just said, you know, I couldn't imagine the giving possibilities. And I think that's kind of what sums up, you know, you 26 shirts, a lot of your endeavors is is that sentiment right there. So maybe, maybe with that in mind, that's a, a good point to sign off on all of this. But yeah, I can't thank you enough, Dell. I mean, it's been a true pleasure to have you on the show and I really enjoyed the conversation. So thanks for coming on. Yeah, no, thank you for having me. If you like today's show, please be sure to share. You know, let other people know about what's going on here. And we're having great guests on, just like we had today with Dell. You can rate, review, and subscribe wherever you access your podcast. We do have a YouTube channel as well that you can go on over there and watch videos, much like the conversation we had today. We will have some some image overlays as well. We'll accompany the talk. And of course, too, you can find out about Dell and what he's doing at 26 Shirts. He's on Twitter. All the information links will be included in the show notes. And then finally, don't forget to join us on the next episode of Life as a, where we'll continue to explore and unearth the details of professions and the people behind them. Until next time, I'm your host, Christopher Schoenwald. Stay curious about life and living.